What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by a woman who just has an incredible background. It was so fun to, to do this bio. She's had a background with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile as a senior director of product and technology, recently VP of technology at Blue Nile, now the CTO at Dutch Bros Coffee. Welcome to Give and Ovation, Lee Gower. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Zach. I appreciate you having me. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your role as CTO at Dutch Bros. What does that look like? What do you do? Uh, What do you love about it? Yeah, Uh, it is a great, great company to work for. A little bit of background about Dutch Bros. Uh, It was founded in 1992, and it literally started with just a couple of brothers and a single push cart. Uh, Last year, we went public about a year ago. We're on track to cap off our first full year of being public with hitting our open our store opening target of 130 shops, which is pretty phenomenal to open up 130 new shops within a year. Next year, we're actually going to best that. We're targeting to open 150. So about five years ago, when the brand started talking about wanting to go public, they set a five-year goal of being at 800 shops by the end of 2023. And we are on track to hit that. But my role as CTO, going back to your original question, as we expand nationwide and we invest in technology, really our next target beyond 800 is to get to 4,000 shops within about 10 to 15 years. And my role as CTO is to help make sure that we have got the right mix of technology, really to make all of this feel seamless for our employees and our customers, and to make sure that we can always provide great service uh, without being distracted by the tech that's required to do so. Yeah, that's so important because it's so easy to have technology for technology's sake. And then you take a step back and you look at it and you're using 50% of most of your tech. And and that 50%, because you're not using all of it, it just feels like a distraction. And it's like that tool that's up on your wall. It's like, it doesn't do anything up there for you, but it's hard to come up with a project to use it, right? Yeah. now you having such a such a cool career in the telco space. Maybe for those, there's a lot of people who know what a pot of coffee is. But maybe you want to talk about another pots. For those who don't know, do you want to explain a little bit about what pots are? Uh, sorry, what pods? Pots. Pl- pots. Plain old telephone. Uh, oh, plain old telephone. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that was not my area of business, actually. So, oh no way! Like the the um, we were wireless. So yeah, plain old telephone lines, like landlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was an aspect of that to the business, but we were more. Um, our challenge was how do you convince a customer? Or how do you help enable an experience where what your product you're selling is air? Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. one of the things, you know, we, we talked about how I worked in telco as well, and I worked on the pot side of things. Uh-huh. And my big project was how do you move people from pots to VoIP? Yeah. Because the copper lines are very expensive, hard to maintain, but they have amazing margins. 
And now you're moving it to a virtual service that is very cheap, very mm-hmm. low margins. Um, and so the concept is, you know, what we basically told telcos is like, look, you got to go to VoIP because pots will die. Literally, they were, if, if you want to get a little bit scared about your copper lines, repair people were buying parts on eBay to repair major portions of the copper connections. And so I just think that's, that's interesting. I found that fascinating about that, um, you know, because I really focus on the experience of migrating people. But the, the whole concept is like, there is a wave of technology happening in the restaurant space that's already hit the telco space that mm-hmm. already hit, remember Blockbuster, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's what happens when you don't innovate, when you don't push the boundaries to, yes, it may not make sense on paper today to go from a $100 product with $80 margins to a, you know, a $20 product with $10 margins. But if you don't push those people from the expensive high margin to the cheap low margin, you're going to lose them entirely. And then the next thing you know, you're irrelevant. Yeah, I think back over the years, you know, within the telephone industry, I think back over the years, I was very fortunate to be in and out of the wireless industry here in the Seattle region. And when you think about it, uh, it was recently just sort of, um, I was listening to it on on a speech that was being given. But you think about 2G and 2G was really just about phone calls. And so, and it was about getting customers off, like you were saying, either off of like a landline and onto 3G sort of started to introduce a little bit of the data. So text messaging, whatnot, they get into the 4G, the LTEs, and now look at where we're at on tablets, on devices. You know, I don't know anyone that can't live without that phone kind of in their pocket. We're all now remotely tethered. Imagine where 5G is going to take us. Yeah. And then the G's beyond it. And so, yeah, I, if you, if you, it's one thing I always believe in is that if you don't commit time to innovating and thinking about the possible, um, A, you both need to find it kind of, all your teams need to kind of feed their creative self that way. Uh, But you will quickly find yourself falling behind. So how do you do that? I know that Wade Allen, um, you know, now he just, He's now the head of all of off-prem for Brinker International. I know that he takes a portion of his Fridays and devotes it just to talking to startups and doing research. What what do you do, Lee? How do you stay on top of things? Uh, Same sort of thing for me personally. Um, I actually, I I have homes in both. I'm in Grants Pass with Dutch. Um, I also came from Seattle and that's where my family is. And so my husband and I will drive back and forth once a month and we tend to listen to podcasts or um, listen to TED Talks or new um, follow innovative leaders uh, where we're able to kind of immerse ourselves in that for the, I think it's a seven hour drive between the two locations. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and he's in aviation. So that's another industry that's kind of emerging uh, so that's what we tend to do is just commit that time each month. When it comes to teams, I've led everything from product teams and marketing teams on the business side or customer care teams to architects and devs and testers. And I'll tell you, every team requires the opportunity to not only kind of ground in the what is necessary to solve problems, what is necessary to sort of run my business today, but also that kind of opportunity, think about the future. 
And yeah. so I'm really careful as we set goals. I, I expect my teams to carve that time. And I, as a leader, want to give them that time to really um, focus on ideating and how do we solve things. Our most important, one of the questions I know you were um, uh, we were discussing earlier is what's the most important aspect about the guest experience? And at Dutch, it all boils down to the connection. And we want to do so that connection between our barista and our customers, everything we do as a company starts at that window and then works back from it. So everything we do should be making that easier and should be giving more time to our barista to interact with our customer. And so we tend to do things a little bit differently. You don't see those moments in our drive through line where there's a menu. Instead, we have runners that go out and meet the customer. So in all ways that we want to think differently for how we can show up and really make that connection as meaningful as possible, that's where I encourage the teams to innovate and bring those ideas forward. Let's test it. Let's try it. How does it, how do customers respond to it? How do baristas respond to it? And then we can go forward from there. I think that makes a lot of sense. We actually just at Ovation implemented Focus Fridays where our Friday afternoons, no, no internal meetings allowed. It's all around Hey, uh, and, and this is what I tell, tell the team. It's not a shortening. It's a sharpening. It's mm-hmm. not a shortening of the work week. It's a sharpening, a, a time that we could all sharpen the saw together. Because what happens is if, you know, I'm reporting to Lee and Lee's having her moment to, to innovate and think, and I'm not, and I got a question for Lee, and then I ping you. Now it takes you out of this innovative learning mindset, right? Um, and so we decided just to like, let's, let's all do that together on Friday afternoons. And that's been, you know, uh, very successful. It's been a lot of fun to do. That's awesome. now, now, one of the things that I've, um, I'm a big fan of blue Nile, right. When they, when they first started, you and know, another very disruptive, innovative brand. Yeah. In- incredible. If you don't know about blue Nile, look them up, look up their story. I mean, who thought that you could sell $10,000 rings on the internet, well, Blue Nile found a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was just an incredible process. And I actually, back in my day of doing uh, newspapers, um, I actually remember working with Blue Nile and doing ads in our in our newspapers for uh, for engagement rings. But w- w- what what are some lessons? I guess what what's the difference in your opinion from selling you know a five thousand dollar diamond ring and a five dollar cup of coffee? Uh, what are some what are some transitional lessons that that you've brought to Dutch Bros? Transitional lessons. I think um, what is important in both of those examples that you provide is that they're both brands. Again, I mentioned I love to work for disruptive brands, ones that are looking really to do better for their customers and really put their people first. Um, With Blue Nile, as you described, a lot of it was how do you introduce an experience that allows someone to learn enough about the jewelry industry that they could themselves configure a unique custom engagement ring uh, and get high quality at a decent price Mm -hmm. and be able to surprise their loved one with something that's custom just for them. And that's, if you can imagine how can complicated that is to have the cut and the clarity and the quality of the diamonds match the accent stones, et cetera. It's, it's challenging, but it's how can you customize what you have to offer and what you're bringing forward as a brand? How can you tailor that uh, for the needs of your customer? It's the same sort of thing with Dutch. 
right? We are all about creating that incredibly meaningful connection and experience at the window between our barista and our customer. And so we have a um, phenomenal culture. It all anchors around that connection. Uh, We're constantly reminded each week with stories that our customers share with us about the difference that our brand makes to them and and the difference that the interactions make to them. But we essentially focus on that connection, that um, that relationship, bringing quality handcrafted beverages. So whatever it is they're looking to have in that moment to fulfill their day. Uh, and also um, through, we were talking about tech and experiences. I don't know if you know this, but at Dutch in 2020, as late as 2020, we were still doing punch cards in order to do our loyalty program. I know you look shocked because like we're in the 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're now in the 21st century, but, um, we, one of the things we did is we went to digitize that punch card and, and bring it forward in terms of a loyalty program on our app. And in the first month that we launched that app, we had 1.4 million members and no. it's just continued right. to grow in September. We had, uh, 2.9 million 90 day active members, meaning they had been active on Dutch Pass within the last 90 days. That's up from 2.6 million in June. But we're not done, right? With just, that's a way in which we took some of the manual, the punching the card, or, you know, some of that friction out of that experience. Oh, I forgot my punch card. How can I get credit for? And we digitized it, made it easier with technology. It's now more seamless. Customers can load funds. They can pay Using the app makes payment processing faster. They don't have to fumble or figure out where they put their wallet. And in addition to that, we they speak, we listen. I learned that from the best at T-Mobile, John Ledger, like they speak, listen and do something with that information. And I'll tell you, um, they were talking about new ways to be interactive through the app. And so we just recently launched a program called Share the Vibes where customers can actually share free drinks to other people, to the family members, to friends. I've seen people use it as tips, um, you know, at like gas stations or whatever, um, but they can now share free drinks. And uh, we launched that recently and we've already had tens of thousands of free drinks shared. And it's just one of the ways in which we're using technology to really provide a powerful extension to that word of mouth engagement that our brand yeah. is good at. Well, and that's so interesting because, you know, what you've done is you've created a culture and a cult that happens to sell coffee formed by this like connection with customers. And I'm sorry to use so many C's in that sentence, but like, you know, there's, there's a lot in there. And I think that it's like the, the coffee's yes, I'm sure it is phenomenal. I, unfortunately, I don't drink coffee, but I hear well, wonderful things. But about we that. have, we have sodas, lemonades teas, uh, rebel energy drink. There's something for everyone. If you visited a stand. Well, I got, I got to go visit because apparently I think there's one in uh, I've seen a couple pop up here in Utah recently. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I saw one in, in uh, I think Provo or something. I'm excited to go try it out, but creating, creating this, this cult culture what what do you think are some of the ingredients in that? I mean, going back to going back to the guest experience. I mean, you talked about that connection. I'd love to learn like a little more about that. And like, what do you what do you feel like is most important when when creating that? 
create, sorry, could you repeat that really quick? Yeah, like what, what do you think is most important as you're creating this, this culture of connection? Thank you. Um, it's really, it's, it's again, it's the employee and the customer. It is, if, if you follow Dutch at all, especially like on social media, the, our customers come and they're not just coming for a beverage, they're coming for that connection. We saw it like, you know, during COVID where people felt like they were so isolated, right? Our brand is a little bit different because when you come, we're not, we're not, our first question to you is, hey, have you been here before? Or, you know, we either know you. And so our question is going to be, hey, do you still want that Americano with oat milk, right? Because we know you, we see you, we recognize you, we see our customers. Um, or if we happen to see someone, you know, we're constantly uh, hearing stories that if someone had a bad day, the Broista noticed it, had a conversation with them, sent them on their way with a great handcrafted beverage or a cup of coffee and um, and wished them well. And then the next time they saw the person, wished them well in whatever they were undergoing. Next time they see that person, they're like, hey, how did that work out? They just, our baristas are amazing in how they connect and truly listen to and want to uh, connect and engage with our customers. And I mean, you you say we have a really loyal fan base for that reason. Yeah. Because everything, again, my whole job is to make more of that. So how can I remove any kind of friction or anything that distracts so that we can pour more into our customers and allow our broistas to do that on our behalf? I think it's so important because I remember going to Zappos and, and meeting with the leadership over there. And as I, as I got the tour going around Zappos, it was like they were bragging about the eight-hour customer experience, uh, the, the customer call. They were, you know, every single person would go on mute real quick and ring a bell as we walked by and say hello. And it's like, this is a call center, right? And you're expected to, you know, normally it's like quick, 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 quick. But they flipped the whole script. And it sounds like that's what Dutch is doing as well, which is, it's not around let's pump these people through the drive-through, but it's around, hey, if you take a beat and you say hello and you look someone in the eyes and you're like you have a genuine connection, that creates true loyalty because that creates a relationship, right? Yeah, Travis and his brother Dane really created something unique. And it, Dane was always a wise man. And if you've ever uh, uh, do yourself a favor and look up the uh, Dutch Bros Creed, um, because it is literally a, a manifesto of sort of the values that we follow as a brand. And it, I read it and it's what convinced me to join the company. It really is just a lot of different statements boiled together that say, be a good human walking the planet and the rest will come. Dude, I, I it reminds love- us, I love one of the lines that says, be so focused on your own personal development that you have no time to criticize anyone else or criticize others. Like that's a pretty, you know, a great reminder of folks. Dude, I, I love that. I'm excited. Uh, I just pulled that up. Um, yeah. This, it seems like something that you would want to like put on your, put on your wall, like in your way, way better than live, laugh, love in the kitchen. Right. Um, now besides this intrinsic uh, you know, obviously this is like baked into the culture from the first cup brewed, but what are some other successful tactics that you've seen or tried lately? Uh, well, really, I mentioned, you know, the app has been hugely successful for us. Um, sharing, allowing the sharing of the awards. Again, anything that 
removes either manual from the day in and day out and automates it or um, again, removes friction from that experience uh, and allows us to really deliver on our core commitment. We have three core values of speed, quality, and service. And speed really, it's not just about um, making every interaction quick or efficient. It's about doing so, so that we can focus on that personal touch. With quality, it's quality drinks made with the best ingredients, but it's the fact that they're delivered by awesome people. And then with service, it's we really aim to deliver experience that leaves everyone feeling stoked. The employee, the customer, everyone feels stoked. And so um, for us, those are some of the main call outs, you know, recently app share rewards. We're, we're working right now on a digital gift card. So um, and then in terms of, you know, anything that helps alleviate for employees, like the stress of the supply chain challenges and whatnot. So where can we getting product out to the customers is also an important focus of ours. Love that. Now you've obviously had a very long career in these, in different industries with some incredible companies. Um, But who are some people that we should, that deserve innovation? Um, Yeah. Yes. I've had a, uh, I I hate to say lengthy career. That just makes me sound super old, but um, (laughs) A, a prestigious I've, career. I've, I've had the advantage. I started off my career in consulting and I've had the advantage of working in a lot of different industries with a lot of different brands. Um, I'm relatively new to the restaurant business, been in this, um, but the, a couple of shout outs, just more general for the types of brands. I think any brand that's put people first, um, mm-hmm. especially as we exit, you know, some of the pandemic um, ramifications, brands that are either renewing their focus or have always been focused on providing great experiences, not only for their customers, but also their employees are ones that definitely deserve a shout out. Um, another thing that's a bit different to me uh, in the restaurant industry versus being in high tech where everything is super secretive is that in the restaurant industry, brands are just really looking to uplift one another. So sharing information, sharing experiences, hey, what kind of point of sale tool are you using? Or what are you using for loyalty? How's that working for you and your brand? Nothing is a great, nothing is a one easy tool that all brands can use, right? But but different brands that align with similar sort of problems or challenges, uplifting and helping one another, that that's phenomenal. And I just truly love that about this particular industry. And then the third thing I would say from a shout out is um, we are starting to see a number of concepts that are now starting to sort of embrace and realize the value uh, and the benefits of drive-through in terms of offering convenience. And so even though we've sort of been a, um, Dutch has been a pioneer in this space for 30 years, I like that brands are starting to look at a variety of ways to offer convenience to their customers. Yeah, I think that's so important. Because at the end of the day, when you look at loyalty, it's it's convenience, it's consistency, and it's that relationship, yeah. right? And if if you're missing one of those three, you don't really have true loyalty. What you have, yeah. what you have, is someone who will come. But but if you if you mess up, if it's not convenient to go to, you're already you know starting off with uh, one leg in this race. But Absolutely. but then but then it's a matter of like that consistency. I, I was talking with the. Um, executives at a chicken brand. And I told them, I said, look, uh, there's another chicken brand that is an eight out of 10. You, I would consider to be a 10 out of 10, but let me be honest with you. Sometimes you're a two out of 10. And I, and I would rather know that I'm getting an eight out of 10 every time than get a 10 out of 10 
eight times and a two out of 10 one time, right? Yeah. So anyway, I think that that consistency is really important, but um, yeah, I love, love that. And, I, and putting, putting people first is so critical. Lo- love that, Lee. So, Absolutely. Um, so how do people find and follow Dutch? And if, you know, m- maybe some of your musings on LinkedIn. Uh, so yeah, um, we are on all of the major social media sites. So look for Dutch on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, we're on all of those. Um, you'll definitely, our customers share content, our baristas share content. So you'll learn a, more about the brand and probably um, walk away with a smile on your face. Awesome. Well, Lee, for going from the pots that carry calls to the pots that carry coffee, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Given Ovation. Thank you so much for having me, Zach. It's been fun. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.